I'm Eddie Rowley, and you're listening to My Country Life, a podcast that takes you backstage and into the real lives of Ireland's country music kings and queens. Each podcast in this series features a country star opening up the doors to their past and taking us on their personal journey into the spotlight. Along the way, they reveal their highs and lows, happiness and heartaches, and their struggle to find success. Here we meet Ireland's Queen of Country, Philomena Begley. As we speak, Philomena is celebrating an incredible 60 years in show business. And at the age of 80, she says that singing and performing is the drug that keeps her young at heart. Philomena talks about her early life, growing up in the County Tyrone village of Pomeroy, picking potatoes and cutting turf as part of her childhood chores. She recalls how she left school at 15 to work in a local hat factory and fell into music by chance when a friend dared her to get up and sing with the local band. That performance would see her go on to join the group and become a star in her own right with hits such as Truck Driving Woman, Queen of the Silver Dollar and Blanket on the Ground. She recorded in Nashville, toured America, performed at the Grand Ole Opry and was one of the stars of London's Wembley Country Music Festival. Philomena also talks about her friendship with Daniel O'Donnell and that hilarious video, In Bed with Nathan Carter. This is My Country Life, a Sunday World podcast. So Philomena, welcome to My Country Life, Sunday World podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, Eddie. Of course, we have spoken many times. Many, many times. But uh, it'd be nice now to take a little journey through your your life and times. And uh, you've done it all from the Grand Ole Opry to Wembley Country Music Festival. I certainly have. uh, And everything in between. We'll talk about that later on. But just uh, going back to... Where, who you are and where you come from and, uh, you know, uh, what your background was. And you, you grew up in a, a little village? I grew up in the village of Pomeroy. Yeah. In the county of Tyrone. And uh, there was eight of a family. Big family. There was a big family. There yeah. was five girls, five girls and three boys. And we, we lived in a small little rented house. And on the, as I called it, the top of the town in Pomeroy. <laughs> and opposite we was my grandparents, so we were, uh, and they had a wee shop, so. And your dad was a bread man? My dad well. was a bread man. Mummy just stayed at home and looked after the children. And uh, my father, we had a small farm too, out in, called, they just called the Curra. And we had everything there. What that we needed, we had, we had our we have our own turf and we had all our own vegetables and we had a cow. I think we only had the one cow at the time in that in them early days. Yeah, and uh, we had uh, well again our own milk. <laughs> yes, yeah, and uh, you know anything we did all just the usual things away back in them early days. Now all yeah. we had, I tell you the truth, it was a great. A great life, uh, very, you know, especially when you go out into the, the country there. Like my father would do, but you know, put hay and corn and stuff like that there. And you go out there, and to be honest with you, you know, in later years, whenever I got older, you know, but you, you didn't really appreciate it when you were young, you know, yeah, really young. But uh, there would have been the curlew and the cuckoo and the corn creek and all the birds and all the, you know that they're all 
you'll ever hear tell of them now at all. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And were you doing the normal things like picking potatoes and cutting turf? And oh, surely to God, we were picking the daisies and cutting yeah. the turf. We done it. Wasn't like the, the the children. Like we yeah. went out and gathered the potatoes when there was a season, and we the corn and hay. And, uh, you know, and we used to when we'd be out in the fields uh, working or doing supposed to be working. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> we used to go up on the hedge, and there was a, the whole way down. Down the farm, you know, it was a small farm, but there was a black corn. We, we, we would collect the black corns, and then you, when you go out on the lane, then there was, uh, yeah, raspberries, and all the usual, you know, pl- flowers, and we used to collect them too. And we didn't make any jam or anything with them at the time. Yeah. We were a bit young, but the thing, you know, all the the. Nice things that uh, people would love to say now. Yeah, yeah, and it was simple, and and mm-hmm. uh, you know there were no mod cons in those oh, days. Oh, not at all. There was no definitely no mod cons with yeah. us. It was you know there was the kitchen and the scullery as it was known then, and we had a top a water top out at the back at the back of that. And and uh, and no, we didn't have that now till later years. Yes, we used yeah. to go down. There was a pump on the main street. And we used to take the water up from there. And bath once a week? The bath once a week, <laughs> a tin bath in the middle of the floor. Everybody, and everybody was washing the same water. <laughs> and that was the same in, in, in every family home oh, back sure, in those like, times, wasn't it? And I remember my auntie, uh, she used to, whenever, whenever she would be there, she used to, there was a, like a pint can and she would fill it would be the bucket of uh, cold water and that would be put on your hair you know, supposed to be making a chain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rosary was said every night. The rosary was said every night. Yeah. But, you know, as the years went on, uh, you know, when we were younger, it was different because you were, well, you would kneel down, you probably didn't know half time what you were doing. But uh, later years when we all, uh, my brother Patsy, who passed away, unfortunately, when he was only 41, you know, but he's dead now, but 40 yeah. years. But, and, um, he, uh, he, whenever he would come in, we would, we would be down on our knees doing the rosary and the next thing he would arrive in and, like, the rosary, God helped the rosary that night. <laughs> I, like, you know, that's it, you know, the way... Skitting and laughing. Uh? Skitting and laughing. Oh, so I laugh, I'm sure, to God. <laughs> you know, maybe he might get a cushion and maybe throw it over it, so, <laughs> throw it over some of us. Ah, uh, yeah. great times. Um, and then... You started work. You were really just a child, really, when you started work. I you? was indeed. I left school. Um, I was fifteen years of age, and I left school. And I went. I, I left on Friday, and I went to school, or I went to work in Fisher's Hat Factory in Cookstown on Monday morning. And what was your actual job? In nineteen fifty-seven, that wasn't. That wasn't well. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that's <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, and the work, actual work that you did then? The work that I did, you were making, I was making hats. And these hats were made out of rabbit's fur. But I, I started in, they call it the main shop. And that was where, oh, for God's sake, you'd be standing in water. To the, in water? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like there was duck boards on the floor, not there. But the water would be coming out because you had to wrap the, the fur up and these things and they had to go through all the machines and they come back out again. Right. You had to repeat that all day. But then I moved up a wee bit and I got into uh, the clipping. 
and that's where I finished up then. And I was clipping the hats and taking the fur off them and shining them up. Three pounds and ten shillings a week, was it? Three pounds, ten shillings a week. That's what I got. And a, a ten shillings for my bus fare. And I gave the rest of it to, into the house. Right. Yeah. And whatever. Then everybody then, the hand-me-downs then came. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we didn't, there was no, there was very little new clothes, like if you know what I mean. There yes. All, like there was uh, stalls on the street, not there, and there was shops, second-hand shops. And I think most of the clothes come from there. And yeah. we, well, you know, we didn't, uh, but we never, we never went hungry anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A far cry from the stage clothes you would wear later on in life. Oh, God, bless his eyes, sure. All that lamour. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do it then. And then you um, you, you would go to Cayley's and... You st- yeah. It would be a Cayley in the hall in Pomeroy. Um, it, every, it was every week, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, one night, the girls, a couple of the girls and myself... And now I was coming up on 20 at that stage, you know. But again, and saying that, you know, way back in those days, you really nearly had asked, could you go out? Even you know, at 20? Till, you know, that yeah. time. But, uh, um, was that just the girls? Oh, the, the girls, I. Yeah. There was no boys at all that time. Yeah. Not, it hadn't started, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but we went into the, into the Cayley, and I mean, uh, they call, always called somebody up from the audience to say with the you know, to sing a song. So I, there's one of my friends, Josie McKernan, and Josie dared, she dared me to go up on stage. So up I went to sing a couple of songs. And... Um, was this the Old, old Cross Kelly Band? That was the Old Cross Kelly Band. Uh-huh. Right, yeah. So and then after then. that, a couple of the lads come, a couple of days after that, a couple of John O'Neill and uh, Mickey McNally, Nally came to the door to see... Would I be interested in coming to... Well, I don't think at the time there was any... It was just to start to do a couple of songs now and again. The, woman, I, who, the woman who used to sing... Yeah, uh, Margaret McKerney. I, Mar- uh, Margaret used to sing... Well, like she would have been singing on and off with them. But uh, she... I think she had been sick at the time and then she decided to give it up. But uh, then I uh, went with the boys a few times. And, you know, after, you know, after a while... I was just going on and doing a few songs. Uh, that would have been it. But you would sit back on the stage. But for the first time, you know, this, whenever whenever I was with them full time and you'd be sitting on the stage all night. And yeah, this was when we, we changed, you know, it was nothing only Cayley music first. Yes, yeah, because the church... Uh, the clergy didn't allow you to... No, it, I don't know what the story was. I think the problem was that time we, we had changed from the Cayleys to the Cayley in old time, as it was called. Right. And you were... Yeah. It, it was old time waltzes and it was barn dances and stuff like that. Yeah. But then in later years, I think the very first time that we ever did uh, the slow foxtrot, I think was the Irish Club in Dublin. Okay. And that's yeah. gone back. A and when you time. first started with the Old Cross Kelly Band, was yeah. it exciting for you? Did you, was it immediate? That's right, I didn't know any different. I just went and sung and that was it. I was doing something that I just loved doing. I, loved. I, loved. I was, like, I would have been, you know, I wasn't planning out for it to be a singer or anything like that. Yeah. Not a chance, but 
It just happened. Yeah. <laughs> and by chance. That happened by chance, that's yeah. right. Your friend uh, to, uh, encouraged him to get God up. God yeah. blessed her. She passed away too. Yeah. Uh, and um, Neither of you realised that night where it was going to lead yeah. to. We make up with each other So in 1962, was, was that uh, 1962? In 1962, uh-huh. That's when you joined? That's when I joined Old Cross. Yeah. And then, but when we got to the, to, to do the, the slow dances and all that day, that's when the clergy then they kind of got involved because I don't think that they agreed with them dancing too close. Right. Yeah. And so that time, you know, when I was looking back at some videos, uh, uh, you know, some what ones that was photo or from way back from the very early stages, I don't even believe that they would be do, that they would do some of the things that they were doing then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a bit of wonder they were separating. Father Brian Darcy was saying that uh, the, the clergy back then they used to, the, the, their rule was that a couple when they were dancing close they had to leave room between them for the Holy That's Ghost. Right. For the Holy Ghost. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Holy oh, Ghost that, didn't want to be, be there. Father Brian, all right. <laughs> But and I remember way way back to one time it was oh it was a wee hole and oh, I can't mind it was the, the top tower I can't mind now but they there was a priest there and he used to take the the you know the be a pole top of the windows and he that that would be his excuse up to separate everybody and he would go up the middle of the floor with these this pole and. Up, by the way, he was opening the windows, but I think he was trying to separate the... <laughs> Crazy you know, stuff. would never have been. <laughs> Don't tell about the time. Yeah. Um, and then you you developed a liking for um, American country music, didn't you? I did indeed. Yeah. Again, uh, uh, we, I never heard country music before until Mickey McNally that played in the band with us. He introduced and you to this it. This is when we changed our name now to the country flavour. Yeah. After a few years, we changed our name to the country flavour, and that's when the country music came into it. And Mickey used to listen to a program, uh, American Forces, uh, and he got he got interested, and he got some he got CD or LPs, uh, you know, Hank Williams and Patsy Klein and that area, you know, going away with Jimmy Rogers and that. Yeah. And. I brought some of the songs to me, and one of them, the first song that I, country song that I ever heard or sang, was "My Son Calls Another Man Daddy." But I didn't even record that song, so that would probably be on my list now for the next record. Right. But um, then, uh, as the years went on, you know, I got to Lex Patsy Klein and Katie Wells. They would have been ones now that I would have picked up. And again, in saying that, when, when we were doing, we were, wouldn't have been doing the, the, we would have converted them into old time waltzes and quick steps and that, some of the songs, you know. Yes, yeah. Um, and then 1964, did you give up the factory work? 64. Oh, 1964, I had to give it up because we were very busy. 
Yeah. We were doing. It took off. We were doing a lot of work. Uh, and so that time, you know, there was, uh, there was a lot of uh, halls and that that time. Yes. And uh, parochial halls and, you know, different. Uh, there was no big community centres or nothing that time. There was, but there was halls. We, like, even in, in the early days of the country flavour, now we were doing, could have been doing seven nights a week. So you were coming home from work, getting in a van and heading off to do I was the show indeed. that night? I remember coming, coming from Galway one night in the bus, the, the, you know, in the early days, Packy Hurston drove the bus to the factory. And Packy knew I was playing the night before and he took the bus around the opposite side and stopped outside the house and picked me up. <laughs> but you would just jump, uh, get out of the van, go in, I would what I wouldn't have normally have done to get out of the van, get one and make up my lunch, a couple of pieces of bread maybe, and if you had a packet of Mary biscuits, there was no crisps that time. A packet of Mary biscuits, that would have been the sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and... um yeah, like you must be have been existing on just a couple of hours sleep every night. Oh, well, no, I don't know how. To be honest with you, I don't know how I done it. Yeah. I used to go in, you know, whenever I would clock, but when we could, uh, we got off the bus, we could clock in, and I used to uh, sit down and under the coats, the what? coats that were all night, be sitting down, uh, just in the, in the middle of them, having of a wee snooze, <laughs> and and then I was, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was a wee bit late getting in, and on. And all the time, but it didn't really happen too often. Like. And did they know that you were uh, uh, singing? Well, actually, nice? they wouldn't really, they yeah. wouldn't really have been interested. Like, yeah. but we used to be a, a great crack in the factory. I loved it, you know. You used to sing there. I, we used to sing. I we, while we, working. We had a, we had a just over the machines, like the machines were very loud and not there because there was different. There was a scratching. They called it the scratching machines, and then there was a clipping machine. Right. But. Um, uh, there was a crowd of girls that you know when we got, we got all we were very friendly you know with her over the years and we used to sing a song that was called "Bless Them All, Bless Them All the Long and the Short and the Tall." Yes, you get no enjoyment in fisher's employment, so cheer up, my girls, bless them all. <laughs> <laughs> and that was our song. That would have been our opening song in the morning. But yeah. right enough, I really did. I had a great time and I loved, enjoyed it. Um. And, you know, it was tough out on the road then, you know, because there were no 24-hour garages. No. Uh, but you know something? I never really... Uh, I never stopped to think at all. In all the years I've been on them, I'm not much better yet. <laughs> I just go and do it or whatever it has to be done. Yeah. And we, you know, we would be coming home at night there and there was really nowhere. There was nowhere to stop, you know, to stop, no shops or anything like that. Or not, or nowhere near anywhere that you didn't get a, a drop of water. Like. Yeah. And and no time there we used to. I used to uh, enjoy this boy one here at that the like farmers that time would put their creamery cans out for the lorries to come and pick them up to take them into the, the creameries. And it was a couple of nights now. Now we didn't do it a lot. <laughs> Yes, any farmer missed <laughs> some of his product. Uh, they used to put the, the lads used to put the creamery can up on the up on the wall, uh, you know, whatever, wherever you were up or and or a ditch, and we would put the milk in the in the lid. Tip it. Tip it, and we all had a wee drink and then <laughs> put it back on. He was lucky. He probably lost a lot, a few points. <laughs> uh, 
when they were testing them. Yeah. And then, uh, but then as the years were done, uh, not as the years were done, but we, then we used to, oh, I, uh, the milkman would be out on the road delivering the milk around the houses that time. And, uh, and he would have been very good and he would have given us a couple of pints of milk. You still probably have an hour to go on the oh, journey I, or Oh, you would surely. Like, and yeah. we, we would stop, we would get an odd, maybe, uh, maybe a loaf of bread and maybe, uh, you know, and the boys would take a... Like, we used to stop along the road too. We'd take some time away in later years. We got, we got very smart then in later years. So we would take a, a few sandwiches with us. Pack lunch. Probably only a bit of bread and jam on them maybe. And we would pull in somewhere and have a... And that would be when we mightn't see another bite till we would get home the next day. And things like, you know, you were the only, were you the only woman in the gang? I was the only one, yeah. I? Things like going to the, to the toilet and that kind of stuff. Oh, that, could have, that caused a few problems. <laughs> I remember the first time that that happened to me and that I needed, I was really in an awful state. And by the time I got home, I swear to God, I swear I was poisoned because I couldn't go then. <laughs> 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 I couldn't go at all. But anyway, I um, then after the, after a while, I had a I'd had a take the bull with the horse. <laughs> and I says, I says to Tom, if any time that I had to go, I would me and him would, would head off down the road, and he would stand and until I would go up into the, into the hedge somewhere. Behind the hedge somewhere. Uh, but sure, like, like it was, you know, it was different for the men. They all could get out and just stand there. And minutes of the time, the, the crack used to be good, you know. The vans would all be pulling up and when they would be out, they would all be out and, and they would all do uh, have whatever they had to do, like. And the, the, there might be an odd car would come now and again, but they were very, very odd. Yeah. But uh, I knew to, you know, even... Uh, Sometimes they, uh, you know, let the bands would pull up. Uh, even sometimes when we'd be going, we meet up. And like, there's no, no crack like that now at all. Oh, the other bands. Would, all you'd, the, you'd other meet bands, the other bands. Aye, but the if road. you were, if yeah. a band, if you happened to be stopped along the road, yeah. then they would all pull in by you, like. Yeah, we'd have a bit of a and have a bit of a chat and, and banter. And do what they had to do. They had to weave it on it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you were going out then with with, with Tom. Oh, Quinn. I've been. I wasn't going out with Tom near enough. He was in the band. He was in the band. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was in the band before me. He was started in nineteen sixty. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And how long were you in the band before you decided? Before you? Oh, we, we were. Became a couple. Well, twelve years. Uh, we were together for twelve years before we got married. Anyway. Oh, were you? Right. And so, it kind of at that time, you know, it wasn't a good thing for the. The girl in the band to get, you know, even let on that she was going out one the Not that there was anybody looking at me, and you know, it was it wasn't to say that there were, that I had a big uh, a contingent of men around <laughs> like that volume. <laughs> but um, no, we we uh, we got married in nineteen seventy four. Right, and um, what was it about Tom then that attracted you? He's a big handsome man. Oh, he was a, a big, he was a big handsome man, right? He was, and I'll tell you what, he would bear when he, when he gets himself into the year, not there. He still, he's, he's he still scrub, he for his up age. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, was it was it awkward for the other fellows in the band that 
you were going out with one of the guys or was was it not a, a problem at all? Not at all. It was yeah. no problems at all, no. Yeah, yeah. We had no problems, we just got on with it and that was it. And it was probably great. It was great the fact that, you know, you had your 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 fellow was in the band because you were together all the time. Oh, whereas... we were together, surely to God. But I'll tell you one thing, there was a lot of women, you know, would have, would have been... Had, had their, their eye on him too, you know. Yes. Took me all the time watching him. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't looking at anyone else. Uh, well, sure, well, I never knew it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I suppose, yeah, it's it, it, the, the, the women probably, they were all kind of idol, pop, pop idols to the, to, to the women oh, back then. Oh, I bet it's the same. Like, it's the same all day through years. All the girls would come up and, you know... There always would be a bit of cracking. You'd be all everybody lined across the front of the stage, and the girls would be up talking to them and photographs. Take, yeah. Not taking photographs because I don't think there was too many cameras about that time. Yeah, but you know, You'd uh, we, when we got when we got on a few years in the band business, we, we used to be able to afford some photographs, print them, get them printed out. Yeah. Uh, that was a big thing back in those oh, days. Oh, they were they were very big things. Yeah, I remember us the way back. Oh God, way back years ago, uh, do you know Larry Cunningham used to have the sh- the, the, the uh, supermarket in yes. Granard yeah. up on that corner there? And whenever you would come up, you, you know, when the bands would all be coming through Granard that time, the children would be all up at the top of the town waiting for the snaps. <laughs> the snaps they call them. <laughs> Looking for the snaps. Uh-huh. Um, I believe there were only seven at your wedding. There were seven at my wedding. That's right. My mother, me and Tom, and uh, my sister, and her, and my brother, and the bridesmaid and the best man. And a ten a ten pound wedding ring. A ten? How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I got the wedding ring in Monaghan, in a wee shop in Monaghan, way back. Oh no, that was how long? Many years ago was that before? God, you, you, you I forgot about that now. <laughs> Me, me, and it's there, is it there? Look, still on my finger. Oh, it looks an awful lot more uh-huh. ten, expensive not, than that. Uh, no, no, I'm wrong now. It's my engagement ring oh, that I get? got in Monaghan. Right. But I got this here. I got the, the mm. £10 wedding ring in Dungan. Right. Uh-huh. And you got married in, in, uh, in Mo- the, Monaghan Town. In Monaghan Town, yeah. in the cathedral in Monaghan. Father Joe McBeigh married us. February 2nd, 1974. February 2nd, 1974. And you played a gig that night in Port Tumna. I did indeed. I played in <laughs> Port Tumna and uh, after the dance was over, I think we played in Newcastle West and then we went to Dublin, stayed over in a hotel in Dublin and headed off to London the next morning to go to the Royal Albert Hall. Um, and Larry Cunningham was on it that night. Ray Lane, what's Ray on? I think Ray was on it that night. And we met uh, Brendan, Grace, and Ailey. Ah. That's uh, I remember them coming into the show, and they were only after getting married. They were too. on their honeymoon as well. They were on. The, well, they must have been on their honeymoon because they were married a couple of days or so before. I think. Or as he would say, the funny moon. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, it, uh, and then we left there after we, we did the Royal Albert Hall. We went home the next day. I met my in-laws officially 
for I knew them like but mm. uh, I met them officially for the first time as man and wife as man and wife and then I went to home, back over home to, to Tom's home place you lived there for a while and I lived there there for a while but the next night uh, that uh, Wednesday when we went home we were playing the following night in the ballroom of romance in Lenfarne right and after that, it was just all go. So you never really got a honeymoon? No, never. I'm still waiting on it. <laughs> I'll hardly get one now, but it wouldn't make no difference now whether I had a honeymoon or not. It wouldn't be worthwhile. <laughs> all the faculties wouldn't be. Of a blanket on the ground Remember Shortly after that, then, uh, Country Flavour. The Country Flavour, we, we went our separate ways. Yeah. Tony Lockman came up to the house one day to see if I would be interested. Famous I manager. had been doing a few things with Tony, you know, and a different shows here and there. And he asked me, would I be interested in doing a, doing a, you know, joining up another band? Like he had planned on, and he had planned, he was talking about a, a super band or something to that effect because he was going to put the Q, uh, I think it was Colin the Cusers and Paddy Cole and a few others and Nat Tom said why don't you put a band around Philly yourself and that's what Tony done he left our house him and Joan and wife came up and they left him down home again and he came back with a poster with Philomena and her Ramlin men and that's and that was history that. Yeah. And we were together there for nearly ten years. And was your was your first big gig as the Ramblin with the Ramblin men, was that in Wembley? I would have done Wembley, that's right. Uh we did Wembley. Okay, oh, I've been doing Wembley for a good while with Ray yeah. myself and Ray Lynham, you know. Yeah. It was a big festival that uh, Mervyn Cohn used to do. It was called the Marlborough Festival. And uh, all the Ameri- big American acts were all over. It was great, wasn't it? And me and then? Ray, really, like, we, we started off doing the, the, the wee side show and then as the, the time went on, we we got into the arena. And, uh, you know, we always got, we always got a great reaction. We always got great support, for, you know, from the English audience and that. Yeah. And... Um, where am I now? But Philomena Begley and the Ramblin' Men, you, you, that was really your first big gig with that band, wasn't it? The when first big gig was, no, it wasn't the first one that, oh, it was. You did Wembley, Wembley to 12,000 people with them. Oh, that's right, I, yeah. I, I did, that's that was right. the very start. Oh, I, and we came home and we were playing in the Four Seasons in Mona. And I'll never forget it. We, I, can, I never even changed my, my frock. <laughs> this is from Wembley. From Wembley, a yeah. big, a long dress on me, and had uh, we headed off home, and whenever, whenever we got to Monaghan, the cars, the guards were stopping the people. They got up to see uh, this new band, Philomena Big uh, and the Ramblin' Men. The guards were stop, uh, stopped. Uh, the, they were 
couldn't couldn't take any more. And I'll never forget it. I remember going in. Uh, we had just a new band. A uh, uh, couple of there was four came out of Brian Cole's band. Okay. He, I think they were leaving the band anyway at the time, and they came close with uh, Colin Keeley, uh, Kevin McGinty, Kevin Farley, and Liam Gibson. Poor Liam, he died. Uh, yeah. And they came and. Uh, then we had Dan O'Hara. Dan was with me for years too in their country flavour. And Tom. They, that, that was the, the rambling men. And uh, I mind us going on the stage, and I'll never forget it, the PA squealed, and I thought that was a beginning at the end, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but they were standing up on chairs on the side of the... Oh, it was unreal. It just was unreal. And the crowd... And funny thing about it was it was carnivals going on at the time. And the carnivals, uh, the people, uh, uh, they were packed because they were, they were getting overflow. But honest to God, it was unreal. Yeah. The, the crowd that was in that night in the four seasons. And yeah. then after that, we took off and we were flat to the mat for nearly 10 years. And then 1975... Blanket on the ground. The blanket on the ground. Okay. That was just, took you to <laughs> superstardom really in Ireland. That's right. It was Tony again, Tony Lockman. Uh, we heard it on uh, on uh, that American Forces program again. And Tony sent over to um, America and got, uh, got the record over. And I recorded as soon we just got it and we stayed in and recorded it. And again, yeah. the rest history took off. And I was very, very lucky with it because Billy Joe had it out. Billy Joe She Spears. had it out at yeah. uh, a, a few months before me. And she was making a kind of headway on, in the British church with it. And she didn't. She only was snuck in <laughs> <laughs> to Ireland, but I had I had got there before. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you you met her years. Oh, indeed, I met her. And honest to God, she was a. Uh, she, uh, I'll never forget her. She, like her, her anniversary was only there in December. Oh, and yeah. but I had been working with her, you know, for for uh, a few good few concerts over the a few years, you yes. know, in later years. Yeah. And we got to know each other. But the big one was, but I suppose I, made, I tell everybody else and I might as well tell you too. The big one was we were doing a big festival over in Peterborough in England. And uh, Skeeter Davis and uh, there was a couple of other American singers there. And uh, Billy Joe was there. And I was introduced to Billy Joe. And her words to me were, are you the bitch that stole my song? <laughs> Famous last word. <laughs> and, uh, but again, uh, in saying that, she was... Uh, in like, jest. She was, I was only in a bit, you know. Yeah. But me and her got very great and we sang together. She, she would come on the stage with me and she would sing. She, she would sing The Blanket with me and, you know, she was great. Yeah, yeah, you hit it off. It's amazing, oh, isn't it? Oh, we hit it off, honest yeah. to God. She was, we hit it off and uh, then... She, she, May was doing a concert tour with her in Scotland and, and it was then that she said she didn't think she'd be back so 
she wasn't back. She died that December, the same year. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She was brilliant. So I recorded Shuni Crumpsy, and then she, he he wrote a song about about us. You know, he was at one of the concerts that we were doing, and uh, he seen the bit of crack we were having between us, so he put a song together. Pretty tribute true, yeah. to Billy Joe and honest to God, you know, it, it was word for word, it was great. Like, it, it was just us. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Shuni, of course, great Irish songwriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, un- unbelievable. And yeah. um, Phil, you, you know, the, everyone dreams, everyone in country music dreams of doing the Grand Ole Opry. Mm-hmm. And you had that experience. I hadn't, again. Tony Lockman again. And Hank Lachlan, because I, Tony had a Hank over, did a tour, and... Uh, he arranged 1975. 78, was it? Was it 78? Oh, I can't remember. Around that time. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was around, it was around <laughs> that time anyway. And uh, Tony uh, made, got, uh, or Hank Lachlan got in contact with uh, Porter Wagner. And then we, we formed a great uh, friendship too with Porter over the years after that, you know. So, so Hank got Lachlan... A, a, American country singer, uh-huh. songwriter. Uh-huh. You had worked with him. Yes. Oh, I worked with uh, Hank Shirley to God. I did a tour myself and Ray Lanham actually did a tour, and we went. We actually went to Kewaroka. I think was with me that time away to the Shetland Islands. Like uh, Hank <laughs> was all over the place. Yeah, with us all. Please help me. I'm falling. Please is, help me. Is, I'm falling. That's right. It's probably his biggest song. I suppose. Oh, it probably yeah. would be. And uh, but Hank uh, organised the tour, or not a tour, but just I went over to record. So we went over and I recorded a bit. I recorded about four albums altogether over in Nashville. I did three, I think, at the first time I went over, and then I did another one in later years. But uh, he uh, Porter was a a very very nice man, you know, and he would always take you on opera. Uh, whenever you did, you know, any time ever I was in, in Nashville, I always made a point to take me on uh, on there uh, to do a song. But that, uh, Blanket on the Ground was a big one now that I did on the opera and I had to go back out and do it again, you know. As a non-core. Uh, yeah, right. Uh-huh. I'm like Porter Wagner, he's the man who gave Dolly Parton That's right, her yeah. big break and mm-hmm. eventually she he was huge over there. She want, She knew she could be. I uh, well, I think now at the time that we went over the first time we went over, I think things was moving that time. I think there their split it was, was happening because she was involved in the studio the, the time the first time we went over. She that was Dolly and and Port and Porter that owned the studio. Right. And uh, he, uh, I remember there was a wee man there that uh, he would have been probably a Porter's right hand man, and he was telling us, you know, that. You know, things wasn't just what the, uh, you the, the relationship's not going well, yeah. No, and, and uh, Porter was, uh, and he was a bit down, I remember, at the first time, you know, we, we, and, but that was one of the reasons that... Uh, she was just such uh, a super talent, uh, you know. She was, she, surely she, to God, but, and then she wrote the song that I will love you all my... I will always love I will, you. I will, I will always love you, Which That's was right. her way of, of telling him... That's right. ...that, look, even though... Mm-hmm. I, you know, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. I want to move on. I will always right. love you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And uh, now we, we I, you know, I was over and I met a lot of good, nice people. I met, you know, I, I did uh, a, 
I was on uh, radio and all of it with Ernest Tubb and um, Justin Tubb. And, and, you know, I would have met a lot of them from Wembley. Yeah. And then myself and Margot went over too and we recorded an album together and uh, we we did, uh, we had Jeannie Prude and uh, Kitty Wells. Um, oh God, I can't remember them all mm-hmm. now, Skeeter Davis. Yeah. Skeeter gave us, gave us uh, some, she gave me two lovely bed, uh, jackets and Margot got some stuff. <laughs> I don't know what Margot <laughs> got. <laughs> but uh, she got a few things too. And you know it was uh, uh, that was that, that was great crack altogether. Yeah, uh, pretty amazing uh, to be in Nashville recording albums and, and you know and on mm-hmm. all the big names of, of all the players and that you know, yeah. uh, Peg Robbins and uh, and uh, there was loads of them. I can't remember all their names now, but they're all big famous uh, musicians. I remember you saying one Bobby time to <clears throat> Porter Wagner. Um, he couldn't, he had difficulty understanding you when you were speaking. Oh, I couldn't make out a word. I, that's right. <laughs> he did. He couldn't make out a word I was saying. He asked me what to sing. He asked me to, to sing whatever I wanted sing to sing. Sing the answer. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it was good fun. And yeah. I remember remember one time we were doing a recording and we went over to a wee place for something tight. And on the way out, uh, who... Did I meet only George Jones? I, I seen him, and Porter says, "Would you like to meet him?" And he brought me in, and then the man that was sitting along with him, whenever he introduced me, he says, "You you recorded one of my songs." And was a boy that wrote the wrote the blanket on the ground. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow! That's, that's, that's some that coincidence. Was, that was the same day. Yeah. But I would have met a lot of them in Wembley. And then I was over in Nashville and I went over a few times, you know, when they would do, you know, the big festival they used to do every year. Yeah. I don't think they the, do it now the, the way fanfare, they used to do it. it. Fanfare. Yeah. And I mean, one time when I, when I was over there, uh, there was one, uh, he was, he was um, oh God, I can't mind his name now, but he he took ill and they asked me, I, what I presented to his show. On the day, and and you know, yeah, really, and yeah. Uh, you know, I got to, I met up with a lot, and I got, I, I stood actually in too for for uh, Ernest Tubb with the Ernest Tubb band in New York, away back, in way up in the Catskills. Uh, you could have. Did you ever think of moving over there and? Trying your luck? Oh, not at all. No, no. no. Yeah. You're a homebird. No, no, I don't think it would make any difference because it, like, it's like bringing Colts to Newcastle going over there to learn, to, yeah. to sing. Like, but, yeah. Uh, no, I would never had any ambitions for that She's at all. could kick myself, you know, when I think of it. All the singers that I met and all the people that I got to know very well. And I remember 
uh, I went over, I was representing Ireland, and uh, there was a girl, Pam Lewis, and Pam was uh, was assigned to look after me uh, during the couple of days that I was there with. And who did she manage in later years only Gareth Brooks? Really? And yes, I was yeah. down in his office. I was out with him on one of his, whatever you call them, promotion things. Trips, yeah. And I never even got a photograph took with him. So you've no photographs. And then I, I got, uh, whenever I got tickets, when he came to Ireland first, I was up, uh, me and my three children were up, along with Albert Rellins in the, uh, we, we got VAP. In the box. In the box. And wherever... Was it Doherty yes? Was it, where did, where yeah, was his first time? Or uh, well, he played he played um, the point first, and then and, point. and then did the, the old Croke Park. No, it was the point. Yeah. Well, that's where we were, and uh, Albert Reynolds was the teacher at the time. Yes. And we were up being my teacher, but very young at the time. Yeah. And still never got a photograph. Really. <laughs> so, See, there were no uh, mobile. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Mo- push. I, I the way I was looking at this, mm. uh, see it at the time, like. <laughs> But, you know, people have, you know, they have enough to do. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah. But sure, they love it. You know yourself, you're asked... Oh, she's, you, I, I love it. But sure, as it, you know, as the years went on and you met all these, like, it's great. Looking back now, yeah. like, but it's too late now because I love, I love getting photographed because there is one photograph that I have in a magazine and there's uh, Minnie Pearl, Hank Snow, uh, one of the Wilburns, and Porter Wagner, and nobody there. No, the only one in the middle of the photograph is me. They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> still standing, still amazing. Well, that's the um, truth. There are a few other Irish people that you had had, had great relationships with. Um, Ray Lynham, of course. Oh God, of yeah. Ray, myself and Ray is recording now, are, are working together now from nineteen seventy two. Yeah, we recorded in nineteen seventy two. Mm-hmm. That's a long time ago. Yeah. That's a long time ago. We, yeah. we did one. We did an album in 1972. We did one in '73, and we did one in the '80s. But we really never done anything. You know, we haven't recorded. We may have recorded a couple of singles of that there. You know, but we never yeah. done anything. But hopefully now, maybe we'll get together and maybe do an album before we kick the bucket. <laughs> I'm saying we. <laughs> I pray if you're listening. <laughs> I'm only joking. You I know you're younger than me. <laughs> um, you had what the two of us album together again That's was right, another yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the singles were. But, uh, you're the one I can't live without. Was the first one I think, and then yes. we did my elusive dreams, and... which was huge as well. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and you were a great, great. Uh, I know, but like we, we do, we do get on really well now, and um, and. Then, of course, you've seen the Irish country music scene, you've seen the highs and you've seen the lows and, you know, it dips and then it rises again. That's right. Uh, you know, but in the in the 1980s, it was kind of struggling. And then a young fella called Daniel O'Donnell came along. Daniel O'Donnell. Daniel, Daniel uh, used to come to see me with his mother and done giving away back years ago. Whenever he was only a wee nipper of a lad, but I don't know what me and him. I don't know what the age was, between six and nine. That's all <laughs> we do to have disputes over. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, his mother came up uh, to the up where we would be getting the tea. Mrs. McCluskey used to keep uh, the tea or, or 
um, make us see after, you know, the band after the dance. I'm telling this story that many times that I'll forget it. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the dappled hurt was left, uh, and she would put it up in the wee press she had in the, in the, up in the kitchen. And he would come in, and or he, he came in, and I give him my. She was hiding it because the boys in the band would have nicked it on me. But uh, Daniel came in, and I give him and he, a wee cup of tea with him and his mummy. But uh, you know, and as the years went on, when he when he started to, you know, when he in, in years later, uh, he started to come out to the dances and that, and he used to come up, you know, he'd come. Up and he'd be dancing in the front of the stage. A great, I was always a great dancer. Yeah. And then, way back, uh, a few years later, he came in, up to my house. And I was married at the time. And I was pregnant with Mary. And he came up to the house and he was uh, wanted to get a bit of advice if I would tell him what to do. He wanted to sing. He was going to leave college. He was going to leave college and just wanted to know what he should do. Of course, I advised him to stick with his books, but... It was good advice. Wasn't it? it was good advice at the time, because yeah. like sure, that time, she, he didn't know what was going to happen, what no. way things was going. Yeah. But anyway... He didn't take your advice. He didn't take my advice, but he always tells about the, that day that he came up and I had, I had flour to you, the elbows. You were making bread. I was making bread, I Himself and Kathleen and uh, sister and husband. And that's that's the story of me and Daniel. And then was, as the years went on, you know, we, we, we kept in contact. And yeah. We always, you know. He crowned you. Oh, the crown, yes. Queen that of country. That was another big one. <laughs> that crown, that, that became a famous crown and it's, it's, it's passed away now. Right. Because it, uh, there was another. There was another accident after Daniel's accident. Daniel presented me with the crown, and he in the ballroom in Dublin. In the ballroom in the iron in Dublin. Right. And he came over, and a big smile on him, and whispered into my ear, "I broke your crown." So he says, "I have the ball. I have a ball in my hand." <laughs> So the there, was, there was four balls and it was crystal. crystal ball on top of the crown. Yeah. And he snapped one of them off anyway. But then, uh, like, there was some laughing doing at it. But then <laughs> as, as the years went on, my, do- my daughter and my son, we were away and they were having a bit. Aidan was drumming. I was, had sick kit of drums in the room at the time and the crown was sitting on a cushion up and up in a sideboard and the, whatever saying it, Hammer and Aidan was doing on the drums the, the crown slipped off <laughs> and it was, was another ball or two fell off it smashed it and it was they got it brought in to Tyrone Crystal and they got it fixed up and then there was a young fella Nugent and I'd mention his first name because he didn't know hear about it but they he brought it home and whenever he, he, he put his hand up to, open, to to bring the bell on the door, and the backside fell out. The bottom fell out of the <laughs> box, and the crown went in smithereens. <laughs> I wasn't there; we were away at the time. And he, they gathered it up anyway and put it into a bag or whatever. And about 
weeks later, my daughter Mary came to me and says, Mommy, I have something to tell you. I hadn't noticed the crown missing, you see, at this stage. Yeah. And she says, we broke your crown. And, you know, uh, I said nothing. I was peeling spots at the time I minded well. And uh, she said, and away she went. And, of course, I, I kind of cried, you know, because, she, you know, it was, it was a beautiful value. piece of yeah. uh, crystal. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, it's in a bag still about, I don't know where, it's probably out in the shed over at Eden's, I'm not sure. I haven't seen this in Smithereens anyway. I did see it afterwards, so... But that was it. But then I got another one made in uh, uh, Throne Crystal. Some of the lads had worked in it. Uh, Gary, oh, I, um, Gary, I can't mind your name if you're listening. In, but Gary got me this other crown from I uh, made from Throne Crystal. So, so you're a queen with a crown again. I've got another one again, so <laughs> I've got my crown again. Um, it's amazing what Daniel has achieved, and um, you know, oh, sure, no, nobody, nobody obviously could have, could have, could have done, predicted. And done it in his own way, and didn't you know? And you know, the way in the early stages, the way everybody, yeah. nobody thought that he would ever. And he just done. He just went on, and he done it, and that was it. Then years later, along comes a young fella called Nathan Carter. Nathan Carter, he's the next. Yeah. See, I always took them and, uh, you know, I always liked the young ones, <laughs> if you notice. <laughs> you like the young lads. <laughs> uh, Nathan, well, I'm, the first time I met Nathan was in Donegal in mm. the Abbey Hotel and he was down with his friends and his family in the audience and they were shouting up to me that he was a singer and I invited him up on stage and, and he came up and I... Well, at that particular time, there was a wee bit of controversy got on about a woman and toy boys, you see. So I says, tell, tell him, would you be interested in older women? <laughs> <laughs> but he sang that night, and honest to God, you know, something he went down a storm that loved him. And uh, then after that... He was only about 17, I think, or oh, 18. Oh, he yeah. was, surely to God. Yeah. If he was 17, he made he made yeah. been only 16. He was in around that age, anyway. He wasn't any older. Yeah. And and then after that, he just... But, you know, he used to... Like, I, I would have known about him because I used to work, do a bit of work with Nicky James, God rest him, and he... he Dan, or Nathan would have done a lot of work with him. He was a and, you know, but I, You know what? And musician. then his granny, Nan, as yes. call her. And I knew her, and uh, and the I sent her in Liverpool. Right. And we used to meet up because everybody used to think me and her were a bit alike. So yeah, you know, over the years. So yeah, actually, Nathan was telling me a story recently that um, uh, his nan was pulled into um, a gas station on the way home from a gig in the early hours of the morning, just before Christmas. But this was uh, up north, I think it was. And uh, who comes along? Only uh, Philomena Begley. Oh, that's right. That's only way back. It's uh, only recently. Yes. I I was uh, I was sitting in the car. Shimmy was driving me, and he was away up getting coffee. And Shimmy came back to the car, and he says, "Do you know who's sitting? Who, who that is sitting beside you?" He says, "No." I got out of the car, and there was a bull doll sitting up in the car. And you know, she's she's old. <laughs> two, two years older she's than She's two you, years older than me. So you're 80, she's 82. I, it, she's 82, and I swear to God, and half, the two of us. Half he one, was, two in the morning. He was after 
coming from somewhere doing the, the, the records for for Nathan. <laughs> Honest to God, you, like you couldn't. Well, you you're like two young ones. Oh well, I wouldn't say. <laughs> when you see, if you see me now when I get up. <laughs> um, of course, Nathan has a famous video. Oh, the famous video. Well, that was something. The morning else, after, like, the night before. John Fire rang me one day and he says, Nathan, I heard the song and I thought it was a brilliant song, but I didn't, you know, it had been played on the radio. And then I, uh, or John rang me and put the idea and he says, think about it. And so I didn't have to think about it at all. I said, I'll do it surely. Yeah. So then we were supposed to be originally doing it in a skill, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it didn't wasn't working out, so I rang Aidan in the Your son, Aiden. bar, uh, Daly's Bar in Dungannon, and Aidan, no problem. He had uh, beds in the uh, up in the in, in, in on the top uh, floor, and he had a bed or two up. <laughs> and we planned on what we would do. So they they give me the idea, and then I said, "But I." take this dressing gown with me in. but it was just a matter of throwing the dressing gown on keep the you know, like uh, but and so but the story of this uh, the story uh, of the uh, thing is I had to take him home in the taxi and he didn't he had no money to pay me so I took him home payment in kind a payment in kind <laughs> mm-hmm. and we had a nice big cup of tea and a wee glass of wine what more do you what, what more would any woman want at 80 years of age <laughs> A young lad in his twenties. For God's sake, where would you get it? Uh, he uh, he said you were great fun and it was it was uh, it was, it was, a, it was a great laugh video. making the video. Bit, it was a bit of crack, yeah. but sure, and it was nicely done and yeah, uh, like it on was, the best possible and, taste. And you know, even you know, even the taxi, like they had the Philly's taxis, and I had a hat, a cap. Yes, but Philly's tax, Philly's cabs. Yeah, and uh, but so. it was good crack. But the only thing I had probably was, was winked at. <laughs> trying to get this wink in that the, that the hat had, you know. <laughs> at the right time. At the right time. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was good. So it was good fun, yeah. It was purple, yeah. it was good crack. And then I could see, I was watching all this going on in the mirror because I was sitting outside in the taxi, you see, and I could see, this, I didn't know who he was. And then it was Aiden, seeing and taking him. So but I didn't realise what they were doing at the time, but I didn't know it was Nathan. And <laughs> I seen Nathan come with this boy with a scruff of the neck. <laughs> threw him into the back of the You didn't realise the camera was rolling in different parts of the... camera was rolling and it was Nathan. So Aidan threw him out because he had too much to drink. Out, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, he loves Philomena Begley, um, Nathan Carter. He really uh, does. He really looks up to uh, you. But should we always mm. have a better crack? And to be the queen of Irish country music, it's, it's, it's a great... Accolade, isn't it? you know, it is. But you again saying that I, I don't, I would never see myself in that respect. I just do what I do. I love, yeah. I really do love singing. Like it's part of my life. I've been doing it for 60 years and I don't, I don't know anything better. So, well, as I said, we're here in the Mullingar Park Hotel and it's, it's the, the first week of, of January 
and there's about I'd say probably up to a thousand people are going to be in the ballroom here tonight uh, mm-hmm. and you're it, we're talking just an hour or two before you actually go on stage <laughs> because you're one of the, the stars of the show with Mike Denver and it's Brendan Shine and Ray Lineham and mm-hmm, that's right yeah and, and, I'm, and, and I'm really looking forward to it because I haven't have been off a few, for a wee while you know and I've, I've only been doing it thing, another thing now and again over Christmas and not there but it's just getting back to in again now so this is the first one, the one make this year. So yeah. I'm looking forward to letting, I hope everybody has a, an enjoyable night. And they always do when they come to your show. And it's an incredible life. You're still like a teenager. I, I think <laughs> Thanks prob- very much, probably Eddie. music and entertainment <laughs> keeps you young at heart. Oh, it does. Oh, there's yeah. no doubt. Um, you, you've been a mother. You're a mother as well, and and mm-hmm. and, and, a gra- and a grandmother and a grandmother. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, and that was obviously difficult with the two of you in in the band no, back in the day. But you good home help. It could have been difficult, but I never made it difficult. If you know what I mean, you came because home I every always, night. We always made a point of coming home, and yeah, and whenever we could, and and the children, and whenever they got up, and the the, the really they loved the business and we used to take them off, away over to Southport in, uh, every year and the guy, the, like Jonathan owns Jonathan owns and Chuck and June and uh, you know they were all part of that that uh, festival we'd done that for years yeah. and Jonathan and Aidan and we grew up together like and Mary and Karen they, they just they loved it and they, they still Love the and the music and yeah. the crack and Aiden and Aiden of course took over. He he started himself and way back when he was only sixteen he started a band the Miracles and worked with them for years and done weddings and done everything. Yeah, yeah. recorded and and he still sings. He sings on all time of me now and again. So and hopefully we're well, we're going to be doing a tour now and at the end of. Uh, uh, February, March of this year. And Aidan's gone, Aidan and Ray are on, on it. It's all over the north. Right. Mm-hmm. Yourself. You're, Ms. Myself, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you get your energy? Don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> 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 I just happen to, I, whatever, to be honest with you, there's nights that could go on there and I would be standing at the side of the stage and mean, you know, Nothing good for him or whatever. Yeah. But then... As soon as you hit the uh, stage. Whatever you hit the stage, whatever the hell it is, it's, it's, it's like a drug. Yeah. And that's just it. Yeah. And I love it. And I have no intentions to retire. And as as I use the words of the song, that uh, the last song that Derek wrote, Derek Ryan wrote for me, I do it all again, given half a chance. Yeah. And yeah. I hope I, I do get I do get half a chance because... Time slip it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, from where I'm sitting, it looks like you're going to go on forever, and 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 long may that happen. Oh, Philomena. thank you very much. And it's Eddie. been a great pleasure. As, uh, but with I've you. enjoyed that now because uh, you know when you when as I said to the father Brian Darcy when I did uh, one with him, he he you know when the people know know you and uh, know, know your story, know your story. Yeah, it's easier to talk to that. Because normally I'd be stuttering and stammering, but you probably <laughs> did there too. But not uh, at all. No, you're, you're you're brilliant. And there's another great friend you mentioned, Father Brian Darcy, was a great uh, friend sure to everybody he's one in of the, the business. Best, yeah. to God. He keeps us all on the straight oh, and narrow. He does surely. He keeps us. Oh, he does now. In fairness, <laughs> you know, if you have, if you have any problems, Father Brian's a good man. And yeah. You know that you're all right when you have him yeah. to go to. Well, many more years of 
great fun on stage thank you very and, much, and good Dennis. health. Thank and, you for um, all your support over the over the uh, years too. It's a thank pleasure you. and an honour. Mm-hmm. This has been My Country Life, a Sunday World podcast. This episode was produced by Ian Malini, and the theme music is Rose Gold Renegades by Jesse Frisell. If you enjoy this episode, do consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, I'm Eddie Rowley and this is My Country Life. <laughs>